Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart in leadership. Let's lead well. Hello, and welcome back to the Lead Well podcast. I'm Sherry Cochran, and I am super looking forward to today's episode because this is part two of my discussion with Mark Miller. Mark is a best-selling author and the vice president of high-performance leadership at Chick-fil-A. And last time, he and I were talking about creativity and leadership. So this episode is part two of that discussion. I just want to pause and say, if you didn't already listen to that episode, I really encourage you to go back and get that background. It was so good. Listen to that before jumping in. It's going to be great. So let's hear what else he had to say. Mark, thank you so much for being with us again. I know that I thoroughly enjoyed our first episode and all the things that you shared, especially reinventing our reinventing continuously is where we were starting with ourselves, systems, structures. And before we dive into this session, I just want to mention again for any listeners that didn't listen to that, I would really encourage them to go back, listen to that one first and then rejoin us right here. But thank you so much for being with us again. Glad to be back. So let's just keep going. This session is dedicated to a topic that I'm guessing our leaders have had very little, if if possibly no formal training on, and that's creativity. I have so many questions for you, but let's start at the very top. Why should leaders care about the topic of creativity? Well, I think leaders are uniquely positioned, and I would argue by mandate, we are the ones that are supposed to be the architects of the future. Hmm. So why do you say by mandate? If you're not creating the future, you're not leading. Gotcha. So it, it's inherent in the role. Mm-hmm. And when we think about creativity, I don't know how you create a future that doesn't exist without some level of creativity. Mm-hmm. Because you're mm-hmm. seeing the unseen. Right. From right. infinite possibilities and from infinite options, you've got to articulate a preferred picture of the future that'll stir passion in you and in others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how you do that well if you don't apply the skills of creative thinking. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You can't you can't accomplish it if you can't see it first. What would you say to leaders, though, that right off the bat, you say creativity and maybe they're even mentally shutting down because they're saying, I'm not creative. What, what would you say to those people? Well, I would offer a distinction. Uh, I am not talking about artistic creativity. I think there's a lot of people out there going, oh, thank goodness. I would, I would agree. There are many <laughs> human beings that don't have artistic creativity within them. <laughs> I got that. I would probably put myself in that camp. Um But I'm talking about creativity as a thinking skill. Okay. And more specifically, I define creativity as the ability to generate viable alternatives. The ability to generate viable alternatives. That's that's a totally different definition than I've ever heard before. How did you come up with that definition? Well, uh, I mentioned this in the last episode. I was kind of thrust into this topic about 40 years ago. I had the opportunity to start what is today our corporate communications group Mm -hmm. at Chick-fil-A and immediately found myself uh, hiring creative people, um, photographers and designers and writers. And I I had the opportunity to, to build a staff, an entire team of creative people. And I realized that 
I didn't know anything about creativity. Mm. And so I became a student of the topic again four decades ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. over time, uh, began to formulate my own views and opinions from a lot of uh, experience and a lot of research and a lot of reading and a lot of mentors and a lot of conferences. I've just been a student for 40 years. And mm. Um, mm. That's, that's my current distillation of all of that into something that leaders can get their head around. The ability to generate viable alternatives. That, that is something we can get our head around. It gives us hope because it isn't all artsy and it means, okay. And most people can do that. Think differently. Most people can do that. Yeah. But it's not as easy as stating the definition. There's, there's actually a skill set that enables a leader to generate consistently okay. on demand viable alternatives. So tell us more about that. What is that skill set? Well, I think there, there are three primary components. Okay. And, and the first one may feel a little counterintuitive um, is to expand your world. That's the first thing leaders need to do if they or or anyone, non-leaders, anyone who wants to be more creative in mm-hmm. the context that we're exploring today, expand your world. So let me give you let me give you an example, a metaphor. Think about the artist. So we're going to use an artist, even though this isn't about artistic creativity, <laughs> but I think this, this word picture will be helpful. Think about the artist that paints with oils. Now, I'm not sure how many of our listeners paint with oils, but if you'll go with me, I think this will make sense. <laughs> we can imagine. In the process of painting, the artist generally has something that they hold. It's about the size of a pizza, mm-hmm. and it's called a palette. So when you get ready to paint... On your canvas, you can't use paint that's not on the palette. Mm. So when we expand our world, it's like putting colors on our palette. That's a great analogy. And then we can blend them, we can mix them, we can use them today or use them later, but you can't use color that's not on the palette. Mm. Mm. So practically, as leaders, how would we put that paint on our palette? Practically, there, there are infinite ways, which is not helpful at all. So let me give you some examples. <laughs> but there are so, 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 so many. I mean, there right. are infinite ways. So one is, what do you read? Okay. Now, if you read things that you always read, then you're putting the same color on the palette. Yeah. So here's a crazy tactical idea. Go into... Um, I used to say Barnes and Nobles. I know there are fewer and fewer of those. But <laughs> if you recall, they had a wall about 100 foot long full of magazines. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick out three or four of them on topics that you have no interest in huh. and do this periodically. Hmm. And you'll learn things and you can put color on your palette that you may be able to use at a later date. That's good. Um, the people you hang out with. Huh. Can you meet some new and different people? The restaurants you go to. Can you eat some different foods? The way you drive to work, can you take a different route? Mm. Well, here in Atlanta, that's an important skill. (laughs) What? Here in Atlanta, that's a very important Uh, skill. (laughs) But variety, think of variety as different colors you're putting on your palette. Mm. Mm. Experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger, I don't even know where this came from, but I mean, a long time ago, when somebody would offer me an opportunity my natural instinct was to say no. Hmm. I don't even know where that came from. But in as I look back, I could see that I would do that. 
now I'm saying yes to like everything from let's go to this new restaurant and eat some kind of food I've never heard of to let's go to this concert from a musician in a genre that I have no interest in Mm -hmm. to let's go visit this museum while we're in Chicago. It's like, I'm saying yes to all that stuff these days and have now for several decades. I say yes to a lot of those things because I see them as the color that I'm putting on my palette. Yeah, that's so good. I can't paint with it if I don't have it. That is really, really good. And we all want to create a masterpiece, but you got so many leaders and so many human beings, I think they're painting in black and white because they've not put, they've not intentionally put any colors on their palette. Think about travel, the places you can go. I mean, you just on and on and on and on and on and on the things that you can do to expand your world. To literally get out of our own box. Get out of your own box. Yeah. And, and as often as possible, as frequently as possible, as divergent as possible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how can you get out of your box? Because mm-hmm. those are all colors on the palette that you can you can paint with later. See, we don't create from nothing. That's true. That's true. We create from something. Well, what do you create from? You can only create from that which you have received. Hmm. If you've not been exposed to a musician or an idea or a thought or a story or an illustration or a food or an experience, you can't draw on anything you've not consumed. Yeah, yeah, that that so makes sense. And so we end up being self-limiting by sticking to what we feel comfortable with. And we we keep painting the same pictures. And wondering why. And they rarely look like masterpieces because <laughs> the world's full of color. Yeah. And the most creative people are using more colors. And we're just like, well, I got this black and I got this red and I got this white. Like, well, that's good if you're a Georgia fan. But other than that, <laughs> right? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you fill your palate? Oh, that, that's so good. How do you fill your palate? What, what else would we do to build that skill set? Of Second thing thinking? is actually learn the skills. Okay. Because if you expand your world, okay. learn the skills. There are, I need to probably figure this out, but I'm guessing there are hundreds, I might even say a thousand, but there at least, I could, I could probably tell you, there are hundreds of documented legitimate skills that you can learn and practice to help you generate viable alternatives. Okay. Now, the one that everybody knows, I can see the look on your face. You're I know, I'm going, thinking, what, what would, what would what those would, be? The, the most common is brainstorming, but that's oh, yeah. one technique. And by the way, it's usually done poorly, but, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. Most human beings have never been in a brainstorming session done well. Sure. They just haven't. Yeah. Because there are about six things you got to do to do it well, and people don't know that, and they don't do it, and then brainstorming doesn't work, and people go, see, so I go, told you oh, I'm not I don't creative, this, and this is a waste man. of time. But that's one technique. Right. So tell us about a few others. Hundreds. Um, questions. Questions is a technique, and there are actually famous people have published their own list of questions, but I would say questions generically. If you've got your set of questions Mm -hmm. that you ask when you're trying to generate viable alternatives, you can spin up more. You know, how would you explain this to a five-year-old? I was about to ask, what are some of your questions? How would you represent this problem in a picture? Draw it. Hmm. I mean, there are any number of questions that you can ask as you're trying to generate viable alternatives. Specifically, what are we trying to accomplish and try to see, you know, so forth and so on. Uh, it, what would the opposite indicate? I did this with the church one day. They were trying to build attendance. 
And so I used the technique of opposites. Now, they didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but I said, okay, we're going to brainstorm. We're going to try to come up with 100 ideas to depress attendance. They looked at me like I lost <laughs> my mind. They probably thought you were crazy. And I said, no, no, we're going to do this. And so we went for about an hour. We came up with about 100 ideas. And I said, okay, everybody stop, and I want you to read through the list. And huh. about 90 seconds later, somebody raised their hand. And I said, yes. He said, we do about 20% of those things. <laughs> Light bulb. <laughs> So then we had a conversation. Which of these things do we do? Right. Then let's rank order them in in order of severity or impact. Mm-hmm. And then let's do some problem solving to eliminate the things we're already doing to depress our attendance. But we got there by getting them to think about the opposite. Opposite. Yeah, I can already think of an area where I'm going to do that. I'm right. Gonna, I'm so try that. lots and lots and mm-hmm. lots and lots of techniques. So you can learn the actual skills. I mean, mm-hmm. there are books full of techniques mm-hmm. that people can mm-hmm. use. So, so expand your world and then learn the skills mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. the second thing. And the third is the most pedestrian of the recommendations. And that's to invest the time because we are talking about a skill set here. Sure. And so think about any skills that you've learned really, 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 really quickly. Yeah. If they're profound, they probably didn't appear spontaneously sure. or in the moment. Sure. Whether it's something as simple as walking or riding a bike. I mean, it took some time. Learning a foreign language, those are skills, and they require mm-hmm. some energy and some effort and some focus. So if you want to learn to think creatively, you actually have to practice these things. I think that's such an important concept because I think that it's very easy, especially with the topic of creativity, to think of it as something you either have or you don't. Right. Right. But you say, if I'm a leader, should I be able to personally generate viable alternatives Mm -hmm. and should I be able to help others generate viable alternatives I think I should be able to do that and help others do that well let's practice that right and let's don't have one brainstorming session and go well that was awful yeah but the 10th or 15th time you do brainstorming right if if you're attentive to the details of how to do that well Mm -hmm. then you can see some real fruit Mm -hmm. oh and by the way sometimes when you use these techniques, you don't you don't get the impact that you want. Well, that means you get to try something else, try right. another technique. Right. Um, I mean, again, one more technique for fun. I didn't mention it a moment ago. Is the uh, it, it's simply called the quota technique, mm-hmm. which will drive some people crazy. So here, it's it's so simple, it's painful. Before you start generating ideas, you decide how many you're going to generate. Uh-huh. And I don't mean the Mac. I'm saying, I'll give you an example. We were trying to come up with a theme for an event recently. And I told the group before we started, I said, okay, we're going to get three that we fully support. Hmm. So it took a couple hundred. To get to three. To three. But but as soon as we got the first one that we all said, wow, that's really good, 90% of the group wanted to stop. I said, well, well we said we're going to do three. Because, hmm. oh, by the way, there's nothing magic about three, but in this example, I said, we're going to know how good that first one really was when we have two more to compare it to. You can't compare it to the garbage. You can't compare (laughs) it to the crazy stuff. And so an hour and a half, two hours later, we got a second one. Again, 
the group, half the group wanted to quit. We got two now. Let's just pick one of them. So, no, we're going to get three, right? So, you do another hour and you got three. Then you've got real confidence in the idea that you finally select. And all we did was set a, a, a guardrail up front. We're going to get three. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's again, to, to, I share that to illustrate how simple some of these techniques are. Sure. But it pushes you to create viable alternatives. Right, right. So you mentioned that 40 years ago that this uh, just investigation of creativity and and exploration of creativity started because you had creative people under you. Have you ever had people under you that weren't so creative? And are these the things that you did to help them learn? Yes. Uh, And I think every leader probably has somebody on their team that, A, doesn't think they're creative. So mm-hmm. I would argue that most leaders have encountered this. Now, what they've done about it is a, is a separate story. But let me tell you what I have done about it in the past. Um, and sometimes, again, this is I've done this several times over the years, both in the marketplace and in ministry settings. And so each mm-hmm. situation is a little bit different. But I had a large team one time that didn't uh, practice creativity and didn't really even understand it as we've talked about it today. So... I took the first step of introducing it as a new core value mm-hmm. because I knew it would get a lot of attention. I knew it would get a lot of time. I knew mm-hmm. it would get airplay. I knew people would think, well, this is pretty important because we don't have many core values and he's added one. Mm-hmm. And then we actually went about the process of teaching the skills, even brought in a, a former Disney Imagineer to teach you know, effective brainstorming. So we would, we learned the skills together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recognized and rewarded people on a regular basis who demonstrated creativity. And we also recognized people who tried and failed. Mm, that's it's good. Like, thanks for the effort. Thanks for the energy. Thanks for the investment. Thanks for willing your willingness to take a risk and take a chance. Because when you're exploring alternatives, you may think they're viable and they may not turn out to be viable. Right? Yeah. The only thing you you think you know is what we've done in the past. But my belief is there's going to be a day that's not going to work either. Right. So right. over time, you can, you can change a culture, but it requires intentionality on the part of the leader. And I would say those same lessons could apply to an individual, but yeah. I've actually done it with a large group of people. Yeah. And said this is going to become part of our culture. This is This core value is may not be... Um, true today, but it's what we are becoming. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that what you just mentioned about the, the failure aspect of, of thinking of something, trying something and it not working out that what an important thing that we celebrate the effort or the way that we're thinking about it. How would you encourage if I'm leading a team, how could I do a better job of eliminating fear of failure when I'm trying to encourage creative thinking? Well, I think my first thought is all failure is not created equal. So even as you're helping people learn these skills, mm-hmm. we, we want to take educated risk. We're mm-hmm. not going to bet the farm generally. <laughs> generally, we're not betting the farm. So I think helping people understand boundaries and scope, um, consequences, even as a leader, when you when you want somebody to go and do something and try something, I think you need to ask yourself, what are the consequences, the potential consequences of a fail here? 
Mm. What are the costs in real dollars? What are the costs in reputation? Mm. Is it something that would be irreversible? Those are the type of things where you may want to be a little more conservative, sure. quite honestly. But so many of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis should be inbounds and can be inbounds. So I would have a real conversation, a candid conversation about boundaries. And if you think you're about to try something where you're actually betting the farm, <laughs> let's talk about it. And we may still decide to do it. Right. But I think we're we're not asking people to suspend judgment at this point. We're asking them to to think broadly, mm-hmm. to entertain the possibilities and then to apply some judgment as they mm-hmm. move forward. So mm-hmm. I just think the best way forward in this situation is to is to be real clear with people about yeah, that's good. what's good and what's not. That's good. So how does creativity and this bringing this skill of creativity to the forefront, how does that affect engagement? Well, I believe every human being has the seeds of creativity within them. And when you can create an environment and a context where people are invited to bring that part of themselves to the forefront, Mm -hmm. I think the engagement skyrockets. Because, remember, many of those people don't think they are. Right, right. I remember I taught a workshop several years ago, and the, the title was, Yes, You Can Be Creative. That was the title of the workshop. And for some reason, I mean, you might say this happens every time, but I had quite a few skeptics in the room. I'm thinking, well, you didn't have to choose this. This is an all-day <laughs> workshop. It's a six-hour workshop. You opted in. <laughs> but, but they were like, they were open and vocal. Like, we just came to prove you wrong. And I was like, okay, well, you're going to give me a day? We'll take a day. And I had a woman approach me afterwards, and I'll never forget this. And she said, I feel like, a bird that's been in a cage mm. my entire life. And today you opened the door. Wow. If you can open the door for people to release something like creativity, mm-hmm. particularly when they didn't know it was in there, mm. what would that do to engagement? I'll ask you, what would that do to engagement if you gave every person you lead the gift of opening the cage. I love that because that's what makes me tick right there, opening that cage. So I, that's what came to mind. Oh my goodness. If we felt liberated to bring new thoughts and ideas and suggestions and alterations and gosh, how much, how much more invested would we feel in what we're doing and what we're doing? And how much better would the work be at the end of the day? Because collectively, we have a lot better ideas. We're a lot smarter A lot together. better ideas. So leave us with maybe um, two steps. If you, were, if you were to say, okay, I would encourage you to take these two steps, and then here's a thought that you just want to leave us with on this topic. Be intentional about expanding your world over the next 30 days. Try some things. Go some places. Meet some people. Eat at some strange restaurants. I mean, (laughs) go buy some random magazines. I mean, in the next 30 days, intentionally expand your world. Now, a a quick disclaimer, you may not see immediate fruit from those efforts, Mm. but you're putting paint on the palette. Mm. You'll be shocked that maybe 45 days 
90 days, six months, a year from now, you'll be faced with a situation and you'll have something on your palate that you got. Way back. Way yeah. back. Yeah. So the next 30 days, see how you can expand your world. And then go find a book on the skills of creative thinking. Mm-hmm. Just one. There are lots and lots of them out there. I'll give you a couple names. But I'm okay. saying get, go find and read one book on the skills. Because I gave you a few random examples and I hit them really quick. But, but go find a book. So here, here are a few to, uh, to mention. Jumpstart Your Brain. Okay. Thinker Toys. Thinker Toys is basically a small encyclopedia full of techniques. That's another fun book. Um, what a Great Idea. Chick Thompson, I believe, did that one. Um, Whack on the Side of the Head. Roger <laughs> Van Eck, who wrote a sequel called Kick in the Seat of the Pants. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah, pick, pick one or any, just Google it. There are... Scores and scores of books. I haven't written mine yet. Actually, I did write mine. It's the first book I ever wrote, and it's not been published because I've not submitted it for publication. So at some point, I'll have one. But in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, um, find one book that you can read in the next 30 days. Okay. That's good. And then give it a shot. Just try it. Go for it. Give it a shot. So on our last episode, we mentioned a a string of books that you've written in a series. So speaking in terms of creating, what are you working on right now? Well, we're working on a book about leadership effectiveness Hmm. that should be out in 2022. We've just released a book called Win Every Day, which is about execution. So thankful to have that one on the shelves. That's great. But the, the 2022 book, is going to be on leadership effectiveness. So we have Win the Heart earlier 2019. We have Win Every Day on execution that's just brand new out. And we have another one we can look forward to in 2022. Where can our listeners find these things? I know I asked last time, but I want to make sure they know. Well, the books are available anywhere you buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. There are field guides and quick start guides and some assessments and some videos and some other tools that support the books. And they're available at tmarkmiller.com. tmarkmiller.com. Make sure you go and check it out. Where where else can people connect with you online? Are you on Instagram? Are you an Instagrammer? Let me just give them my cell number. They can text me. (laughs) 678-612-8441. Okay, your phone's about to blow up. There you go. <laughs> and I am on Instagram. I think it's T. Mark Miller there. I'm not as faithful. Mostly pictures of my grandchildren, but I'm there. I learned so much from Mark. I am super grateful that he was willing to share so much with us. I hope you got a lot out of it as well. Thank you again for joining us today and for other episodes of Lead Well. We are always grateful to all of you who are sharing our podcast so that we can get the word out to others. If you're not already following us on social media, please check us out at Instagram at Lead Well People. And you can find us also on the web leadwellpeople.com. We've got discussion guide for this and all of our other episodes. And you can also see other resources and articles as they're coming out. Thank you for being a listener. And we look forward to talking again.